to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. It was my fault. What? I never should have bought him on the raft. I'm going to get him back. I'm going to get back my son. We have a confession. We've never watched Lost. Now, we're tired of hearing about it, so we're finally watching the hit TV show for the first time. Come along with us to the island. And please stay close by, because we're we're so lost. We need to do that. That. We want to do that. Waltz! We're also rewatching the classic ABC TV series Lost. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we are back for another episode of We're So Lost. We're so lost. We are so lost. Anne-Marie, you're excited to be here tonight. I am excited to be here tonight. You know why I'm excited to be here tonight? Why? Because it means after we get done recording this episode. (laughs) We get to go watch the next episode. We get to go watch the next episode. And maybe we'll find out what happens to. the one we're talking about. That's the one thing about recording this show is just that we have know, to stop and record the show. Well, generally, generally what happens, we record the show, we go and watch the next episode as soon as we're done recording the show, mm-hmm. and then we have to wait a week before we can it. talk about it mm-hmm. and then watch the next episode. So mm-hmm. it's very frustrating, but it's okay. Arr. I'm not too frustrated. But before we get started, Emery, why don't you tell them about our spoiler policy? Because normally we don't have one. Normally we don't. We do. Normally we're all about the spoilers. But however, in the land of the lost, we do have a spoiler policy. So Land of the Lost. Yeah, I think that's another thing, isn't it? So we don't want to know anything that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, there's like what six seasons of this thing? Yeah, I think six, so. Six, yeah, six, six. Se- seasons of the shenanigans. I don't want to know at this moment anything that's happened past season two, episode two. Mm-hmm. You can hint at something, you can say, hey, you know, you'll get an answer for that, or you're pretty close, but don't mm-hmm. tell me when and where it's going to happen. I don't want to know who's going to do it. I don't want to know, you know, who discovers the brewery on the island in season three, episode <laughs> 15. Don't tell me. You can tell me what they serve. But yeah, basically, you know, you can say Kate, Kate might get a tasty treat, but you can't say she finds a whole stockpile of stuff and Apollo steals bars. a bunch of can- candy bars. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Don't get specific with it. You can be like, hey, this. Feely happy thing might happen, but you can't tell us. All of the feels will happen in episode blah, blah, blah. You can't tell us that it's the Locke Desmond bromance starting. You know, so. Bro. Okay, so uh, Amaria, before we get started, we we normally kind of summarize the episode with a rhyming episode summary, so why don't you hit that up and we'll get started. Turns out a boat ain't required at sea. Sawyer and Mike sail on bundles of trees. Desmond is locked in a strange conversation in which the two men exchange revelations. Blame is the water through which they all sift. But what good is blame when your future's adrift? Adrift. 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 What you think? Um. Okay, so this one, <laughs> I, not actually my favorite. Really? Um. Lots of good things happen. Lots of questions, which I feel like I say every flipping episode. You do. You do. I I've do. been here. <laughs> You've been here. Good to I know. Have. Good to know. No, I just like I enjoyed uh, the Sawyer and Michael stuff a lot more than everything else. Mm-hmm. Because while it's nice to see um, the story from a different perspective, uh-huh. if this next episode is that same story from a third perspective, I might need to borrow <laughs> Locke's knife. 
Um, yeah, I, I had some issues with that as well. Yeah, just, like, a, just a couple. It, it, ta- it taught us things, but it wasn't really necessarily mm-hmm. too much that we needed. Yeah. Um, I just I just enjoyed everything with Sawyer <laughs> and Michael. Oh, yeah. That that was definitely the heart of the episode. By the way, uh, we forgot to mention this up top, but we... We have usually, a chat room. Yeah, we usually record this Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And we have Michael Lucero in there right now and Henry Gale. Henry Gale says, Adrift wasn't my favorite either. It was a bit meh for me. Uh, this was one of the weakest episodes. Uh, the flashback did nothing for me either. No, it really didn't. Which is a shame. You liked it? I kind of liked the flashback. Flashback, <sighs> just because there was a lot of an emo- a lot of it w- emotion in it. There was, but it just mm-hmm. it wasn't anything really new. Yeah. I don't feel like we learned anything from it. It was just emphasizing, you know, the a plot. But you know what? The kind of the big centerpiece for me of the episode was what was the blame game. Let's That's play right. the blame game. Our two contestants on a raft will blame each other until one of them sinks and gets eaten by a shark. The blame Whoa. game. I uh, know, but the the blame game was uh, very front. Uh, hold on, my microphone went out. <laughs> Completely testing, testing. No testing, 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 testing. Oh wow, uh, Amory, why don't you vamp first? Okay, so the blame game is going to be a really fun thing to talk about when Bill. Gets it will. Oh, Bill got his mic back. No. Yes, he did. But now yes, mine's gone. Now mine's gone. Is it? Yeah, you turned me off. Keep talking. This is me talking. So this is a fun... This is called Bill and Anne-Marie Have Technical Difficulties. This is why the show is called We're So Lost. Because <laughs> we're so lost. We are so lost. <laughs> uh, but no, okay, we got it all uh, corrected now. We're but, good. All right, the blame game uh, is sort of... What's being played mm-hmm. out on that raft? The, ep- the episode centers around blame, specifically Michael's inability to blame himself for what happened to Walt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael feels guilty because he's the only—he's the one that brought Walt on the raft. Right. In this case, admitting, admitting it uh, means he admits that in this situation, he's kind of the bad guy, uh, which is exactly how he felt when Susan caused him to blame himself in the flashback, which I have some more points on later. I, okay. I definitely kind of dug in on that flashback a little bit. Do you think that it was his fault for bringing Walt on the raft that he got taken? No, but I think he thinks it was, and I think he uh, he had to admit that to himself. Okay, but I was it, like, I don't... That's kind of where I'm going. So. Okay, sorry. Uh, since, since Michael won't blame himself, he turns his attention outward, mm-hmm. trying to put bl- the blame on Sawyer, who at the end of the day was really just trying to save Walt and mm-hmm. do what's best for them. I mean, he even accuses Sawyer of making him shoot the flare when it was really a group decision, including more than anyone, Walt. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Michael uh, throwing uh, blame towards Sawyer makes Sawyer start blaming Walt for attracting the pirates in the first place. Because that has anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's all all this back and forth. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, back and forth and back and forth. Uh, But the funny thing about all the fingers being pointed with Walt's presence as a justification is that as we discover at the end of the episode, even if Walt hadn't come with them, he still probably would have been taken because the others seem like they have a pretty good hold on the island. And we, uh, we have more about that later, Plenty too. More. Uh, but it isn't I, – I thought it was interesting that it isn't until Michael takes ownership of the, their problem that the fog kind of clears and they see the island on the horizon and realize mm. where they are. Well, it is the island, so – it is. Yeah, that might have been like a very technical thing, like the smoke smoke monster. Reveal. Go away. The the characters learned his lesson, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it was the countdown. 
The interesting thing about them sort of drifting back to the island, though, Arts told them last season that the currents would be turning back towards the island really soon, and it's those same currents that ultimately saved both their lives uh, at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. So he might be gone, but there are still pieces (gasps) of Arts all over the place. So uh, Arts, he will be missed. Especially once Hurley washes his hair. I'm sure he already has. Over in the chat room, Michael Lucero says, I always felt uh, that way in the early days of the show. But now I love this episode. The raft scenes with Michael and Sawyer are so good. Definitely. That is very true. Like, it, it, they were definitely some very interesting characters to see interact in a big, big way. Because we really haven't got to see that too much. I mean, we've got... Since they've been out on the Not raft. Not those two, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we've been getting more interactions with them. But, uh, you know, uh, before that, there really wasn't too terrible, terribly many. many. Yeah. Right. So. Um, I have a little bit more about good old bickering old couple Michael and Sawyer. The odd couple. The, they totally were the odd couple. Um, and I know that they were in an awful situation. But could they be more petty and adorable? I think not. Um, let's see. They... They are both a complete hot mess and have no idea what to do to make things better and only feel better blaming one another because who else are they going to blame? The shark? (laughs) So um, let's see. The one-liners that they deliver are perfect – provide the perfect comic relief. And you know what? It probably did even on the raft or would have on the raft and Mm. are probably what saves them both from crumbling completely. So you got a Band-Aid and – only a shark oh yeah there there were a ton- there were some really really good ones they're really funny moments and also some really tense moments because they kept mm-hmm. doing this whole bickering fighting thing and then the rafts kept falling apart more and I more know. and you're like come on guys just be get cool. it together get it together and you know they'd make a snarky remark and then boom, there goes your craft although like, it, it is still back. pretty impressive that they were able to survive considering how hopeless the situation really and seemed. a shark was surrounding yeah them. yeah like I don't really understand. Oh, the, one thing though, I, I I put my notes. I didn't put in my my notes for the show. Mm-hmm. I put them in, when I was writing notes right. for the show. Yes, notes. Uh, but no, I I kind of got the impression that uh, Michael was uh when he was shooting, mm-hmm. the, trying to shoot the shark. He was trying to shoot Sawyer. Yeah, I or that he didn't care if he did hit Sawyer until he thought he had, and then he was like, oh, and I think that's kind of what snapped him out of this the craziness. Yeah, like the, the get funk. off my raft and everything. Right. You know. Uh, Henry Gale over in the term says the great thing about the raft scenes though are the fact that they are shot on the real Hawaiian ocean and not in a studio. And I think you can kind of see that because it's mm. so beautiful in the morning shot. Oh yeah. Like from our poster, it's absolutely gorgeous and you, you really can't do that in and, a studio. And if anyone listened to our spoiler party uh, for season two, the actor who plays Michael said, can't said swim. yeah, it was a very kind of awkward shoot. I'm assuming because he can't swim. So, right. so he they, was probably really, clinging to that raft and they probably had like safety straps on them mm-hmm. and you know like an inflatable life vest he could have pulled a cord on it at any time and everything right else. but i'm curious as to how far in they were mm-hmm, definitely and uh, michael lucero in the chat room says that shark scene was one of uh those ones you want to pause the episode for to see what's going on oh really there maybe? might be more than meets the eye maybe oh, there's always more than meets there is the eye. anytime michael lucero i actually loses wondered ellipses. about that I, I kind of was curious when we were watching it, not saying more, just don't want to spoil my voicemail. Ah. Uh, he will be, uh, Michael Lucero will be addressing in his voicemail coming up in just a minute. Yes. Okay, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the two snowmen. Okay, so uh, when Desmond first encounters Locke, he thinks he's somebody else. Uh, so I'm wondering who could Desmond be expecting and why? 
it's pretty obvious, at least to me, that Desmond thinks the world above is some sort of weird post-apocalyptic disease-ridden wasteland. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree, Anne-Marie? I would agree, Bill. I would agree that what? Desmond has some issues with what he thinks is going on up, up above so, so you the world, outside you of the hatch. You definitely got that read on I got that. I got that well. on the Good. outside of the hatchland, yeah. Good. Uh, so I'm wondering, who would he be expecting in that sort of post-apocalyptic scenario? Right. Uh, like, did he send out an Evite and somebody responded <laughs> and they just were late? <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's any Evites on the island. I, were there's there, no Evite? Evites? Are you sure? Because were Evites even a thing in 2005? I don't think they oh, were. They might not have been. They might not have been. But maybe it was a Facebook but event. No. Anyway, uh, Desmond, to verify Locke's identity, asked him a question: What did one snowman say to the other snowman? Why I don't know, snowman. What did you say? So I was thinking it might be a good exercise here, uh, since we aren't really given an answer to you know who he was waiting for mm-hmm. or what the answer to the question is. Maybe we could I could brainstorm some answers real quick, and okay. it might give us some insight into what's going on in that darn hatch. Oh, that hatch. Okay. Uh, so the first answer I came up with: uh, What did one snowman? Oh, here, Emery. Why don't you ask me the question, and I'll give my answer. Okay. What did one snowman say to the other snowman? Let's chill. Uh, Uh, Perhaps Desmond was expecting an enemy with whom he'll bury the hatchet since it's the end of the world and all. Maybe he's going to finally bury the hatchet with some unknown enemy that we'll eventually meet, hopefully. Okay, uh, answer number two. Go ahead. What did one snowman say to the other snowman? Cold enough for you? Uh, Maybe Desmond wants to make make sure his guest is comfortable uh, in the climate-controlled hatch since he might be raging with the island fever that Desmond obviously thinks is all over the island. He thinks there's something going on, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. And answer number three. What did one snowman say to the other snowman? Do you smell carrots? Now, Desmond, <laughs> Desmond might be having a stroke. I, I mean, that, he might be having a stroke. That's when you smell carrots, right? When you're having a stroke. Uh, is it really carrots you smell? It's either carrots or almonds. I know almonds is gangrene, like if you get gangrene in your leg. So I don't know what carrots is, but it might be some Crazy? sort of medical condition. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, these are kind of silly, but. It, I guess it's uh you know also bit. possible the question is just some sort of weird spy code uh, that uh, it won't even make sense once we get the answer. See, that's what I was expecting. But I do hope we get the second half sometime in a future episode. That would be nice. Okay, so uh, Anne-Marie, what did you want to talk about? In the, what, what, what's going on in the chat room over here? Uh, let's see the chat room. Do, 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 do. So Michael Lucero, let's see, talking about the shark episode, and he's not saying more to spoil his voicemail. Henry Gale says, on that borderline, Lucero, haha. And uh, Michael Lucero says, well, it's in the episode, Henry, so not a spoiler. <laughs> It's yes. just something we didn't pick up. Michael Lucero does dance on the spoiler line. He he does a little dance. He he tips his pinky toe over and then he pulls it back. And apparently we've heard on Twitter that he sometimes very blatantly says spoilers, but since we don't have any context, we don't We catch don't know them, it's a spoiler. Which is good. We're no, we're okay he, with that. He's doing these weird emoji um summary things. And I okay, was like, so I don't you wanted to anyway, talk about Desmond Tutu. Anyway, right? Desmond, Desmond, let's get back to Not the show. Not Desmond Tutu, but Desmond Tutu. Oh, but Desmond in a tutu. Come on. Okay, Desmond's reality. This man has been inside the, the hatch for an undetermined amount of time. Why? So he seems to be under the impression that the island's air is poisonous or something. Why? Like, what happened? Like, did he come to the island prior to this weird air situation or after? I kind of feel like he was there for some other purpose with a crew, and then people started to get sick and mm-hmm. die, and for some reason he was nominated to stay inside the hatch until him came. Yeah, whoever find him is. Him? Um... 
How long has he been there? So it appears that he still has an awesome amount of Dharma branded food and meds to go with his Dharma jumpsuit collection. I would think that he wouldn't have been. Wait. I would think that he hadn't been there too long, except for the tick marks on the wall, which look like like a while with hundreds of marks on just that one wall. There could be mm-hmm. more. We don't know. We have not seen his entire um pad, if you will. Yeah. But then there's that computer system, which is very, mm-hmm. very, 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 very old. Older than the flashback where Desmond meets Jack. Why does Desmond seem so intimidated by this, like, old-timey computer? Maybe it's a situation where he thought the end of the world was happening. He fleed. Fled? Fled. Uh, he fleed. He fleed. Uh, no, he fled to the island, and uh, maybe he found this. And th- this wasn't something that he set up or was set up for him. Maybe this is something he just stumbled upon while... Trying to find a way to escape the end of the world. I would buy that with the exception of the countdown with these precise numbers that he has to put in. And I mean, there could have been a manual there. The meds. Yeah. It's the meds that yeah, really the meds, gets yeah. it. Because really, if I'm going into some random hatch, I'm not going to inject myself with whatever is on the shelf mm-hmm. because it says to inject myself well, with I don't it. know if you get bored enough. I mean, I mean, but I, it seemed very right. And you don't know about the, the cache of sweet, sweet heroin on the other side of the sweet, island. Sweet, sweet heroin. Thank you, Mother Mary. Uh, let's see. Faith versus science makes no sense since he is shooting himself with meds earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of the record player and the computer, his living quarters are very modern. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. I will harp on this yet again. That washer and dryer are newer than the ones I have upstairs. Yeah. So, <laughs> shmeh, I don't understand. I'm a little confused. And dude's doing like protein shakes, which I don't remember that being a thing until like the past like seven years or so, mm-hmm. which would be after Lost. Well, I mean, it's always Uh-oh, been he's a thing. enjoying this. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's, it's, uh, and these are a lot of the same kind of questions I had. And it, oh, it's, one more. It's just like huge big question marks over this whole Desmond situation. But you had one more, you said? What happens if the countdown hits zero? Why does it reset to 108? I'm assuming minutes. Mm-hmm. That is a very random. Random to me number. And why did he make lock type in the number that time instead of himself? Why is it execute instead of enter? What is going on? And this snowman is attacking my head. Okay, I can answer two of these questions for you right yes, off the please. bat. Why did he make lock type in the numbers? Because he would have had to turn his attention away from lock to type them in and take the gun off lock, and lock could have gotten control of the gun okay, fine. and taken him out. And why is it execute, not enter? Because yeah. a lot of old computer systems, it was. Okay, I kind of thought that might be it. And then continue. I'm I'm going to check. Yeah, but, uh, you, you know, so, um, but yeah, basically, I, I'm, I'm very, very curious about the, the whole Desmond situation, what's going on with it. I, I, I'm really hoping that we get some answers in episode three coming up here. That would be great. I want answers. I need some sort of an answer to something. Mm hmm. Because I'm very confused and I'm not a big okay. Fan. We're gonna we're gonna get back to the main. <gasps> discussion. Ah! What's that? This is what I thought. If you add up all the numbers, it equals 108. Ooh, very well done, Anne Marie. That's why I was like, wait, uh, I know this is a thing because I wrote them down because I can never remember them. I was like, why is she leaving me vamping here? She's texting somebody. What's no, going on? No, I'm in airplane mode. I needed the calculator. I had a feeling that the numbers would equal 108, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure, and I forgot to check before we started. Okay. Oh, so, so maybe th- it's some sort of weird like hexadecimal or uh, I mean, Michael Lucero just caught up to us. 108 is the sum of the other numbers, by the way. I got it. 
I got Maybe it's some sort of weird like hexadecimal. I don't know octal, what that means. Uh, octal kind of number where it's split up into groups. Like, I, it's a computer programming thing. No hablo. Yeah, it, it, but uh, it, there are certain sorts of uh, number conventions used in like base level code, uh, like machine language. Okay. Where it breaks up, it's numbers broken up in numbers and letters. Like I think, uh, what is it? Uh, for hex, it's uh, one through nine and then A through F. Okay. And it's different combinations of those broken up into small groups. Okay. So um, maybe uh, the numbers are something like that. Uh, let's see. Oh, over in the chat room, Henry Gale says, question for Bill and Emery. If you were Desmond, would you keep the typing the numbers out of fear for as long as you were told or would you let them go to zero to see if anything happens? I have no idea at this point because yeah. we don't know the situation that he's down there. Yeah, we uh, don't even know if he know- like... Maybe he has no idea. He was just told you need to do this or you'll die. Or maybe he, he was told specifically the reason. Oh. Or maybe he was told specifically the reason and that's why he... It, it almost reminds me of a monk like he keeps this vigil that every right. 108 right. And that, minutes that is kind of what it's like yeah so wait does he only get to sleep for like 107 minutes at a time because i would not be a pleasant person well he's not a very he's he's kind of he's a little cracked well he's all by himself yeah. so there's that but yeah. i wonder what would happen if he put in different numbers Ooh. Uh-huh. all seven does he, ever try, does he ever try doing different numbers mm-hmm. no Okay, as you will. Okay, uh, and Mike Lucero says that Henry's kind of dancing on the spoiler line there himself. Well, we so, have no idea. So, so. we're going to ignore the chat room for a second and tell you about our Patreon. Hey. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a great way you can support <laughs> content you like from creators you like. Like, like us. us. Uh, and it's a very simple thing. It's kind of like NPR or something where you donate a, a little, a tiny little donation every month or so. Mm-hmm. Anywhere from a dollar to two dollars to three dollars to four dollars. And it really sort of just helps you know support i i mean because there are costs associated with producing a podcast like this there's time commitments and it's a great way to help kind of uh you know put some wind beneath our wings uh some you are the wind beneath our wings but there for the five dollars there's a lot of benefits there's lots of benefits lots of benefits you get things early you get special things sent Mm -hmm. to you you might get to be a guest on our universe box podcast but the best is the five dollar star patrons club yes the five dollar star patrons club comes with two benefits Benefit number one, you get your name read out on every episode of every podcast we do. Benefit number two, you get that entire cache of uh, Dharma Initiative snacks. Ooh, you get the Apollo bars. Yay! You get a lifetime supply of Dharma Initiative snacks. Now, well, however, the supply will determine your life, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, and it's all poisonous. But the people we're going to poison this month are <laughs> Becca Baca, Angel, Holly Max 79 Monica Jones, Other Anne Marie, Sage of Earth, a.k.a. Patty, Harry Seidler, Timothy Peters, Robert Cattler, Hope Molinex, Jessica Gonzalez, Jacob Newman, and Casa Commotion. You guys are awesome, and we're so sorry we're going to have to poison you. Uh, We want to thank uh, the 31 people currently giving us $166 a month. Oh, hey! If you want to give us $166 a month, or just be a small fraction of that. Or even, you know, one or two bucks. uh, Go to patreon.com slash universebox. And And remember remember to to think think outside. outside. Okay, uh, and Henry Gale in the chat room says, support this podcast. Yes, please. Yeah, we'd like that. That'd be awesome. Okay, before we get back to the main discussion here, um, you know, I I think it's important that we Mm -hmm. check in with our resident loss expert. He's been in the chat room kind of chiming in here or there. Michael Lucero. Why don't you take it away, Michael, and tell us what we missed about this episode? Because I think think we've caught a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Right. Um, Mr. Meeks 
The fact that you came to me for these voicemails, that tells me something. <laughs> it tells me that I'm the best that you can afford. Yeah. Yes. If we go forward with this, it's going to take money. A lot of it. Even at my rates. Patreon.com so slash universe box. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. <laughs> hey, Bill and Anne Marie. It's Michael. Hi. So I really like this episode personally. Uh, it's one that I always kind of think of as a slow episode in my mind. Yeah. But whenever I actually sit down and watch it, uh, I always find myself pretty engaged. The dynamic between Sawyer and Michael is really interesting. The way they go from trying to blame each other to working together and finally helping each other. Mm -hmm. I find that really satisfying to watch play out, especially since Sawyer is uh, just so deliciously sarcastic here. (laughs) Uh, Also, we have the continued exploration into the hatch. Uh, This time we see it from Locke's perspective. Uh, We don't see Mm -hmm. a whole lot new from what we saw before, but we do see the tally marks on the wall. So how long do you think Desmond has been there? I don't know. Uh, We also see a pantry into which Kate gets Locke temporarily. And inside that pantry is the first appearance ever of Apollo bars, which mm. eventually made it into Once Upon a Time as a lost reference. Yes. It's in my notes. Oh, is that in your It's in my notes. I, I will say, too, maybe he makes one of those tick marks for every 108 minutes. So maybe he's only been there like a few months. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, we also get glimpse of a black and white logo with the word Dharma in mm-hmm. the center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what do you think that means? Uh, so... We see Locke entering the numbers in the computer like Desmond did in the premiere. And uh, so the timer resets to 108 minutes. Pretty weird. I, I want to hear what kind of theories you all come up for what this means and what it's for and why Desmond is so intent on those numbers being entered. We totally we, got it. We, we, well, we got it, but we don't understand. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 108 is a significant number since it is the sum of the other lost numbers. I got that. Uh, another, I got that. Uh, weird thing. Uh, this is one of Desmond's lines when he asks, the world's still out there. Uh, why would he doubt that? Any ideas? Uh, what do you think? What do you think is going on in there? I think, I think he thinks that the world has melted down more or less. Like it, they, that's my idea. Um, like I said, I, I really enjoy the scenes with Michael and Sawyer on the raft. Sawyer definitely gets some heroic moments when he saves uh, Michael from drowning and with a bullet in his shoulder at that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that bullet, I think it's amazing that he actually is able to remove it with his own hand. But again, I think this is evidence of his self-loathing. That's the motivation I think is guiding Sawyer at this point. He doesn't mind putting himself through that much pain because he thinks he deserves it. Uh, remember his response uh, in the season finale when he Michael asks if he was either a hero or he wants to die in last season's finale. Uh, but do you believe what Sawyer says here, that the reason why the raft was blown up is that the others were coming for Walt? Yes. If that's true, it, definitely. Yeah. it definitely seems to establish a pattern. They came first for Claire, who is pregnant, and now they come for the only child among the survivors. So what do you... Why do you think the others have this interest in children? The, 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 team, the, hashtag Team Genesis device. Yeah, the Team Genesis device. We're still uh, there. I, I kind of think it makes them seem even more creepy than they already are. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple thoughts about the flashback. Uh, I said before that Michael's girlfriend, Susan, is one of the most frustrating and unlikable characters in, in television. Yeah. I think that's only reinforced here. Even when she seems to suggest Michael... Uh, look out for Walt's best interest instead of his own. She's still doing the very same thing she's shaming him for doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And when her lawyer asks why Michael hadn't seen his son in so long or doesn't know his favorite uh, food or first words, it's like they're blaming him for this. But the only reason he doesn't know is because of Susan. Thank you. It's maddening. And there's so much injustice in Michael's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Spoilers for my next point. Yes, spoilers. Uh, but how cute was that tiny Walt and the gift of the stuffed polar bear? I loved that. I know. 
Uh, just a couple more miscellaneous things. Is it me or is it weird that Charlie doesn't talk about his Catholic upbringing when Claire finds the Virgin Mary statue and she says uh, he did, she didn't realize he was so religious? It would have been a much more plausible excuse than the one he gave. Oh, and that in ending, um, when a tied-up gin runs towards Michael and Sawyer on the beach, shouting others, and then we see that strange group of people emerge. Uh, those people will have play a pretty important role this season, but I'm not going to say any more than that. Um, and also I, I forgot to mention, um, the shark, uh, in that scene where, uh, Sawyer is swimming from one part of the raft to the other. If you pause it in just the right place, you will see on the shark's tail, the same logo, that black and white logo that we saw in the hatch. There's a hmm, logo on the weird. shark? It's a chocolate shark. Nom, 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 nom. All in all, I think I'd give this episode 1,256 out of 1,477 bullets at the bottom of the sea. As always, thank you, namaste, and good luck. Namaste. Namaste, Michael. So while we were listening to Michael, and we've now talked about Dharma a significant amount, well, a little bit, Mm -hmm. I decided to Google and try and ignore anything that referred to lost Dharma. So Dharma is the moral law combined with spiritual discipline that guides Mm -hmm. one's life. Hindus believe Dharma the very foundation of life. It means that which holds the people of this world and the whole creation. Dharma is the law of being without which things cannot exist. It was also uh, one of the main in- characters from the ABC sitcom Dharma and Greg. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think I think that the hatch was developed by uh oh what's her name? <laughs> I, I forgot that from by Dharma from Dar- Dharma and Greg when they split up Dharma went off to this island and created the hatch. Please. Uh, no. <laughs> no. We have to keep talking now because otherwise I'm going to go into the... No, Henry Gale in the chat, chat room, uh, going off of my, I think Desmond thinks it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic wa- mm-hmm, wasteland, mm-hmm. like a nuclear strike. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's, he thinks it's more of like some sort of chemical warfare, like a dirty bomb or, mm. you know, advanced botulism, zombie outbreak, something botulism. like that. Botulism. Okay. Uh, but let's see here. I, and I kind of tease this. Thank you very much, uh, by the yes, way, thank uh, you, Michael, Michael, for your voicemail. I wanted to talk a little bit about Susan Porter. Ultimate, ultimate villain. villain. Now, I, she really was the ultimate villain to me in this. Both the episodes that she's appeared in so far. Mm-hmm. I just think it's insane the lengths she goes to to take away Michael's son. It's it's just ast- astonishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene with the two lawyers uh, bickering uh, was especially appalling, considering we've seen how they both acted, uh, both being Michael and Susan. How, how they both acted in the events leading up to this flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, her modus operandi seems to be uh, manipulating Michael into doing what she wants by using uh, Walt as a... I know I misspelled that. <laughs> um, by using Walt as a tool to make him feel like he's being selfish and he's making selfish de- selfish decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, make him think that he's the bad guy. Right. Uh, now, now we've seen her convince him that he was doing uh, what was right for his son, uh, you know, all through this, you know, letting them go to Amsterdam, accepting the money for his treatment, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, and she, she makes these very reasonable arguments. And because I think, you know, he still has feelings for her, Michael does. That's because she just took off. Yeah. I, I, he, he's very easy to manipulate in this way. Right. And, uh, y- you know, and then we get to this flashback and we see that she's obviously told her lawyer all of this and she's kind of set it up and manipulated the entire situation Mm -hmm. from the beginning 
to twist it around and make him seem like a deadbeat dad so she gets custody. Jerk face. Yeah. Uh, now, in their private conversation, which I'm sure she recorded, uh, you know, just in case it didn't go the way she wanted it to. Mm-hmm. She even makes an appeal to his ego, uh, complimenting his art in order to get him on her side. She, she, oh, that was low. She resorts to flattery almost and she and and kind of uh you know and and i i think i think all parents have just like a little piece of them like wondering what they would have done if uh there hadn't been a kid and she kind of appeals to that part of him too Mm -hmm. You, you know which is just really low especially when he's in there fighting and using his last dollar to try and fight he's being as good of a dad as he could possibly be right and she just takes advantage of it and it's awful Uh, well one thing that bothered me about that entire situation is why does she have to have him write off his rights yeah like the man wants to be involved he's Mm -hmm. not a deadbeat he's actually functional he's injured thank you for saving him and helping him out but he's not like a drug addict on the corner or like living in a halfway house well i think the impression we've kind of got it more from the last flashback than from this one was that she wanted to get married and have her husband adopt him well is that she had fallen in love with brian porter fine and uh and brian because he wanted this relationship to work had you know very much it been very enthusiastic about bringing the child into their relationship you know what i mean right and i get that but you can still have a marriage and relationship without having to take away a competent person's parental rights. I think this is but what bothers me the most. You're about these- thinking like a good person. Susan oh, Porter is I'm not sorry, a good I person. I'm sorry. I am a good person. No, she was. She was thinking. Okay, well, I got. I got this new man, and I got the new man. The new man wants the kid, so I got to keep the kid away from the old man, or the new man is not going to be happy but that doesn't that's not even right like but you're thinking like a good person she's not a good person just mad. <laughs> that's it makes me mad too that's why she's the ultimate villain ultimate villain uh, but you know she she convinced michael he was doing what was best for walt but i and that's why he ultimately came down to the decision he came down to at the end of the mm-hmm, flashback mm-hmm. but i was still disappointed to see him kind of give up the fight mm-hmm. But I think if nothing else, the events of this episode uh, show that that version of Michael is dead and buried and gone. And everything they've gone through since they've come to the island has created a version of Michael that will see him fulfill his promise to save his son and not give up the fight, no Mm -hmm. matter what the odds. Mm -hmm. Which is how I assume it's going to shake out. Which is uh, good because the odds are getting a little scurry. Yeah. Over in the chat room here. uh, Michael. Oh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, Michael Lucero gives us a link to the shark's watermark or branding. Okay, hold on. Let me close this ad here and then I can get this pulled up. Uh, let me zoom doop, it doop, in. Doop, too. doop, 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 doop. And while he's doing that, Henry Gill says they could have just talked. Michael seems very open to talking, but she is using her money uh, to intimidate Michael. No need for lawyers just to make Michael feel bad. Mm-hmm. She is selfish and thinking of herself. At least he gets Walt to himself, even if it's on the island in these circumstances. Yeah, and here's, here's the uh, Dharma Initiative shark it doesn't look yeah it looks kind of like a label or something either way it's on the shark yeah well actually it looks like they've actually they squared this off and kind of brightened the contrast and so it's probably really hard to see take it to grayscale so you can see it real well so it might be like a tattoo or a brand or something See, that's what i was thinking it was a a tattoo would make sense yeah and henry gill goes on to say uh that i read that uh, oh did you okay perfect Mm -hmm. i didn't hear it because i was pulling up the graphic i know sorry henry gale Okay, so uh, that, that's all I wanted to talk about, Susan Porter, ultimate villain. Right. Uh, so uh, what, what did you want to talk about next? The Others. The Others. So The Others took Jin Ooh. at the same time that they took Walt. 
Waltz. Waltz. Try to get one, two, Jin. three. Waltz. Jin. Waltz. Okay. And Jin. Okay, but how and why? So it seemed like a really quick grab and go type of job with taking Waltz once, you know, the, it was said that, hey, we're mm-hmm. going to take the kid. Um, and they were, uh, it seems like Jin was too far away to swim to shore. Yeah. Unless, you know, the magical Dharma shark took him to land, mm-hmm. which in that case, I would think it's more of a dolphin. Um, especially in the dark, but let's see, especially since there were, were sharks and other unidentified creatures out there before I knew it was Dharma. May, may I share a theory? Maybe. I don't think they took him. You think he like latched onto the boat? Yeah. That's what I think happened. Oh. I think that, that he realized that they were getting away with Walt and he was close enough to, you know, grab onto the boat or there was like some rope like dragging behind oh, it or something. Hi. And I think he, you know, latched uh, on to try and save Walt. Okay. I like that. Let's go mm. with that for now. Um, did they tie him up with a piece of wood? Maybe. Like, it looked like he had, like, wood holding his arms together, which makes mm-hmm. no sense. Like, it must have been, like, arm and some rope, or wood and some rope. Yeah. I didn't really understand what's going on there. Now, okay, so there are five un- others that we see, five shadowy uh, Or others. as they say in the chat room, uzzas. Uzzas? Uzzas. Uzzas! Um, oh, well, that's mean. You're making fun of his accent now. Yeah. Um, each with some sort of crude weapon. One of them reminded me of Negan from The Walking Dead, which I don't watch, but that mm. the picture of him with that bat with the stuff on with it. The barbed wire, yeah. Was everywhere and still is everywhere. And it totally looked kind of like that, or maybe with like some mm. spiky things. A very naturalistic found weapon. A very found weapon. Yes. So there's. That. You know, uh, one thing uh, them landing kind of got me thinking was that. Uh, Hmm. I, I was wondering, it seemed almost like there were, there were two possibilities about where they washed up on the island and where the others mm-hmm. were. I, one possibility was that, it, in the, as they discovered as they were sailing out, it's a much bigger island than initially thought. Right. So maybe it's a completely different area of the island that no none of the castaways have even approached or been at yet. So maybe no comment. So maybe this is like <laughs> yeah, I know because you no you've, you've been telling them to explore more for episodes and episodes now. Yeah, I uh, but you know so maybe it's sort of like the others area of the island. Or it's an area of the island they know, and since we haven't seen anything that's happened at camp since the conversation between Claire and Charlie. That's all we got, really, this episode. Maybe the others have already, like, waylaid the camp, and there's a lot of characters dead now. Like, probably a lot of those red shirt kind of castaways. I, I, I could see shirts. that happening. So I, I think I think both of those possibilities are equally possible. Right. Uh, what, what's going on in the chat room? Uh, Michael Lucero says, I always assume the gin washed ashore and the others found him there. That's really far to wash ashore, though. But I mean, Sawyer and Michael did it. Maybe he just grabbed onto a different piece of boat and was too far away to hear them calling. Maybe. Let's see. And then Henry says, or maybe gin is now a double agent. Uh, <laughs> maybe they promised him something to lure Sawyer and Michael. Hmm. Very interesting. You people keep. You think they would have hung back a little bit longer for him to get like the story out there? Yeah. Before just like the slow like two steps walk in and then lost. Okay, uh, so yeah, it's very interesting. I'm sure uh, we're gonna get it fleshed out a bit more when we go watch the next episode after we finish this episode. But before we do. I just have a couple quibbles and bits. Like I had a couple, you know, points that could have been fleshed out into bigger things. Yeah. But I had a bunch of little points that I really like too. So I'm going to quibble, quibbles and bits. This. Okay. 
So I'm a little annoyed we didn't get any more of the hatch story chronologically than we already had. Yep. Um, I believe this is the first time we flash back to events from previous island episodes, right? Because this was sort of like a flashback episode to itself. Through. Yeah. Uh, versus the season premiere, it was kind of like a flashback to the beginning of that episode almost. Mm. So, so I, th- I thought that was very interesting. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, slash, you know, the end of the finale. Uh, so I wonder if that's a trend that's going to continue. Continue moving forward, or we're going to get more and more uh, modern day flashbacks to different events on the island to see how they really shook out. I now I it, you noted this too, but Michael gives Walt a stuffed polar bear. Crash. So I think this le- uh, lends credence to the theory that Walt's weird powers might have created last season's polar bear in the first place. Because I know we were talking about that during the polar bear. Well, because he had the the comic book the with comic. the polar bear. But if he had a stuffed animal and a comic book, yeah, like, it would have left a super like big impression on his head. And c- considering he was dealing with everything. St- dad stuff dad feelings at that point maybe the connection of the polar bear yeah the connection of the polar bear that his dad Mm. gave him okay now chocolate is very melty so i think kate should have taken another snack from the storeroom besides Um, the yeah i'd have taken chocolate yeah i'd have taken chocolate in a heartbeat and uh let's see i the the virgin mary i i think is a ticking time bomb for charlie i i'm just wondering when it's going to explode i also thought it was interesting michael said in his voicemail Mm -hmm. that you know uh charlie has a very catholic upbringing which means he i it's very symbolic because he has to, he literally has to break a symbol of his moral fiber to get at that heroin, that right. sweet, sweet heroin. Sweet, sweet heroin. So we'll see, uh, you know, what's going to happen with that. And last but not least, get off my raft. Get off my raft. Get off my raft. Okay, let's see. Over in uh, the <laughs> chat room, Henry Gale says, I want to go back and see if the polar bear was branded with Dharma. That'd be good. And Michael Lucero says, he's so stoked to hear our reactions to next episode. It's my favorite of the season two introduction trilogy of episodes. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting for mm-hmm. sure. And you had one last point uh, one to kind of tie into my chocolatey point. Tying into the chocolate. Kate is amazing, though I have a feeling this isn't the first time she escaped from being tied up with or without a knife. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen. Is she going to continue to try and escape or is she going to turn around and try and help? Mm-hmm. Also, Apollo Bar and the Once Upon a Time connection. It was, um, I believe it was Dr. Hoppe bust out an apollo bar in season one two very nice and, and, and that's something i think we we were initially going to do uh was make the connections see these connections but, but we don't watch the show anymore so we don't plus we've been really more in, into just like taking in lost for all it is lost for what it is yeah, yeah. so so yeah it'll be interesting to see i can't wait to watch the next episode though so you know what i'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. stop this episode this discussion right here okay Arbitrary scale, Emery. Yeah. Out of 4,217 Apollo bars, how many Apollo mm. bars do you give this episode? 4,217. 4, I was reading it again. Well, you were whispering. They can't I'm hear you. I'm sorry. It was 4,217 Apollo bars. I am going to give it. You don't it have to be that loud. 3,984. Why? SNGs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, not my favorite. Plenty of wiggle room. Uh huh. Um, um, arbitrary scales that large make me uncomfortable and I don't know how to work with them. <laughs> uh, I'd like an Apollo bar right now. I don't know. I just, you know, like we said, it's kind of a slow episode. I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to go watch the next one. 
I, Michael Lucero in the chat room gave the uh, 4,199 Apollo bars and a scrunched up discarded wrapper. Mm-hmm. A very respectable score from Michael Lucero. Yes. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get right around where you are. I, I'm probably going to do 4,000 Apollo bars and a chocolate covered butt because uh, that's what Kate's going to have when she gets out of that ventilation system. Wow. I really enjoyed the episode, uh, for sure. Uh, and like I said, I really enjoyed sort of the contrast between the the blame game section of it and mm. uh the the flashback where we kind of see why Michael is the way he is and why he's acting the way he's acting and then you see him kind of overcome it and i mean that's kind of like the concept of a lot of the flashbacks but i thought this one was really strong okay thematically Me. and uh Henry Gale gives it uh, 3,387 nice. Apollo bars. Only 387. That was, I know it yeah, was a typo. He I just corrected was... to 3,387. It wasn't his favorite, but it does build up well. Good. It definitely made me want to see the next episode, though. And we're going to go talk about that episode soon, episode three. If you want to let us know what you think about episode three, or you want to let us know what you think about what we think about episode two, or you want to let or us any know episode. what you think about what we thought about what you, you thought, thought about... about a couple episodes back, we would like to hear from you is really what it comes down to. The email is we're so lost podcast at gmail.com. The Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash we're so lost. The Twitter is at we're so lost. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Or you can just send us an MP3 like Michael does. That's yep. fine too. Email it to us. Uh, but we did have one Facebook comment from Jason George. Uh, if you want to go ahead and read that, Amory. Sure. It says, I love Desmond Hume. I think. Um, In fact, he's one of my favorite characters in the show. Episodes centered around him are always good and full of awesome lost mythology. The best episode, in my opinion, of the show is a Desmond episode titled The Constant. I also love that the title refers to what that title refers to in popular culture, but I won't say what because it could be a spoiler. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Uh, And again, you know, let us write in. Let us know what you think. And we'd love to see you in chat next week, Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And go over to iTunes and leave us a review, please. But I, I think that's about – but I think that's going to about do it for this week. It, it's uh, It's been a great time chatting with you all, and I, I'm really excited to see what we think about next week's episode and everything. But, hey, Marie, where are you? I don't know. Where, where did you go? go? I where don't know what's go? happening. I don't know. What's I don't going know. On? I guess this proves again that – We're so lost. Go ahead and start recording, though. Okie dokie. We are recording. Don't say... (laughs) It's impossible to edit out the word. Okay.